Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. For those of you that have been with us the past few weeks, you know that we have journeyed through Mary's life together. For those of you that are here tonight, we'll catch you up. And we're going to center down now on probably the most well-known bit of her story uh, from Luke chapter 2. So hear now the word of the Lord. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage, and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Nearby, shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you. Wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, Glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So I think one of the wonderful things about Christmas Eve services is singing those songs that are so familiar to us. It feels like home. And I think there's something powerful too in a nursery rhyme, something that we've heard maybe from our very, very earliest childhood. It also feels like home. Why do nursery rhymes work like that for us? Well, first, they are simple and understandable, often told with rhyme and rhythm, easy to hold on to, easy to commit to memory. Also, nursery rhymes tend to tell us a story that is both unusual and usual at the same time. 
And often, nursery rhymes are tapping into something that is deep within us. Like Mary had a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Very easy to sing, right? Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. I knew y'all knew it. (laughs) Very easy to sing, easy to hold on to, easy to be part of our lives. And it does also tell a very unusual, usual story. It is based on a true story of a little girl whose name was Mary, whose little pet lamb did follow her to school one day in 1830 to a school that Sarah Josepha Hale taught at. And she was so struck by this that she wrote the poem that became the song that you all just sang. And I think it's striking because it is strange for an animal to follow a kid to school. So it would catch everyone's attention and, and be noteworthy in that sense. Except it's not really strange. Because I would guess if I pulled through here, many of us who have had pets have had them follow us somewhere. We didn't intend them to follow us at some point or another. Now, I certainly have some of those from my childhood, but more legendarily in my family was the story of my dad when he was a little boy and his pig, Chester White. I never met Chester White, but I feel like I know Chester White because Chester White was talked about so often by my father. He absolutely loved that pig, and the pig loved him. And pigs are very smart, so there was no way to keep Chester White contained if he wanted to be out of his pen. And he wanted to be out of his pen every morning that my dad had to go to school, and he would follow my dad to the bus stop and watch my dad get on the bus as often happens with a boy and his pig. And, and then he would wait for my dad after school at the bus stop. My dad would get off the bus and there would be Chester White. So as strange as Mary Had a Little Lamb seems, my guess is that it actually recalls more than one memory in this room of a pet that we loved that followed us somewhere. And that speaks to the fact that this story does tap into something deep within us and it taps into that love that we have for the animals in our lives. But I think it also taps into a deeper memory, a memory of another Mary who had a little lamb. Now, as I mentioned, we have talked a lot about Mary and in my Wednesday evening Bible study and we as we started unfolding her story and we actually started from the oldest uh, from the latest uh, appearance of her in in the story of God in Acts actually after Jesus has risen and worked our way backwards and while we were having discussion about that someone in the class said you know it's funny I actually never thought of her as anything other than the woman on the donkey I didn't know she had such an important role in so much of the story. And over the past few weeks, we have seen the role that she's played in this story. She was a young girl surprised by an angel who had questions and who pondered, but who also said yes to God and then sang of God's power to overturn the world. She was a parent who took her child to the temple 
And when she did that, she learned of all of the possibilities and the promise of this child. And she learned of the pain that it would have on her heart. She was also the mother of a teenager who talked back. Now, Ray preached this one, and he didn't emphasize this so much. But when Jesus stayed in the temple and Mary and Joseph had to go run off and find him, and they come and finally find him in the temple, and he says, well, I mean, I was in my father's house. That's really a pretty snide remark, I think. And, and, and you know, there's a, there's a little bit of, of a, a little note in the, in the scriptures there that maybe Mary and Joseph were confused or something. But then after that it says, and then he went home with them and was obedient all the rest of his days. I feel like that was a long walk home that Jesus had. <laughs> She was also a parent who believed in her child, who kicked off his ministry, who urged him to do his first miracle at the wedding of Cana. And she was a parent who thought he was taking things too far and had fears for him and went and tried to convince him to come home. And then she was a parent who watched as her child slipped away from her and ultimately died as she was at his feet. And then she was the first disciple, the disciple there at the birth of the church, the disciple who took his friends in and nurtured them and sat with them and was present when the Holy Spirit came down upon them and she could lead them and show them what it is like to be in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And she could be the mother of the church. But she was also a woman who may or may not have ever been on a donkey. We think she was, but Scripture doesn't actually mention that. Maybe she walked from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She was a woman who gave birth in less than ideal circumstances. She was a woman who gave birth on the child's timing, not on hers. She was a woman who received generosity from others. And she was a woman who worked with what she had to give her child a safe space to protect him and to help him know that he was loved. In that sense, she was like every other woman who has ever given birth. And so this story is unusually usual. And what is extraordinary about this story is that it is so ordinary. Babies are born, families are made, and love is abundantly shared. And God takes this ordinary moment and makes it extraordinary through this little lamb whose fleece was as white as snow. Because everywhere the lamb went, Mary was sure to go. Mary showed us how to follow Jesus through the highs and the lows, through thick and thin, from the manger to the cross to the empty tomb to Pentecost. Mary was there following and loving. In a few moments, we'll have our offertory time, and Matt will play beautifully for us. And in the midst of that, you will also see on the screen 
Pictures of Mary from the Church of the Annunciation in Nazareth, where it is legend that Mary met the angel Gabriel. And the Church of the Annunciation has invited the world to send pictures of Mary. What do they think Mary is like? And you will see those pictures, and you will see that Mary is like the world. Because Mary is like us all. She showed us how to follow. And she showed us how to love. There's an end to that poem that didn't make it into the song. That is what I want us to reflect on tonight. It's why we're all here tonight. The end of the poem goes like this. What makes the lamb love Mary so? The eager children cry. Oh, Mary loves the lamb, you know, the teacher did reply. Mary loves the lamb, you know, the teacher did reply. May we all love like Mary. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.